Welcome to episode 3 of Spirit Walker season 2. My name is Aiden and this will be the second episode in a three-part series called Science versus God, which will use evidence and logical reasoning to compare and contrast both topics. Today's topic is miracles. How can we explain miracles not only from a godly view but a scientific view? How or can science explain or come up with logical reasoning to go against the idea or act of a miracle. All this along with how I was healed of a spinal cord disease right after this. The definition of a miracle is a surprising and a welcome event that is not explicable by natural or scientific laws and is therefore considered to be the work of a divine agency. So we can take three things from this. One, that miracles are good, people welcome them and are surprised by them. Two, that these are things that occur that cannot be defined or explained by any natural or scientific laws. And three, that they are the work of a divine being or beings as implied by the word agency. We can see a parallel here that is observed through the words that is not explicable by natural or scientific laws and therefore considered to be the work of a divine agency. If something can't be explained through science, then it is supernatural. Even myself, who has witnessed miracles, could shake my head at this statement a little, but there is also a side of truth to it. You cannot define a supernatural act through natural means, at least not the fullness of it. It's sort of like describing what the third dimension is to someone who lives in the second dimension. All that person knows is flat surfaces and straight lines in the second dimension. They could never imagine what a cube or sphere looks like. So now that we've set a basis that science can't explain miracles, can they describe them? Well, yes. Take the excerpt from the Bible, the book of Joshua. Chapter 10 describes a bizarre moment when Joshua, during a battle between the Israelites and the Amorites, uh, look at verse 12. It describes, at the time Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord gave the Amorites over to the sons of God, Israel. This is saying, basically, this is what Joshua said um, the day that the Israelites beat the Amorites. And uh, he said, Sun, stand still at Gibeon, and moon in the valley of Ajalon. And the sun stood still, and the moon stopped, until the nation took vengeance on their enemies. Here we see that the day cycle was frozen, so the Israelites could defeat their enemy, the Amorites. In order for this, the entire earth would have to stop rotating on its axis since that is what makes the sun seem to rise and set or earth uh, spins on its axis it would have to come to a complete halt for that sun to stay in the same exact uh, point on the sky in my opinion this is one of the most powerful miracles ever recorded as it would have impacted our very solar system science would describe this as the earth ceasing to rotate and the moon stop to stop its revolution around the earth science would say somehow a planet spinning at roughly thousand miles an hour stops and has no negative effects if that happened today without a divine being at hand everything not bolted to the earth would be flown almost a thousand mile per hour 
to the east and all life would cease to exist. I mean, the oceans would have giant tidal waves and maybe even the tectonic plates would rip apart itself. It's like riding in a car. Say you're in a car going a thousand miles an hour without a seatbelt and that car crashes and suddenly stops. You'd be flown straight out the window near the same speed. Science can't, this, I mean, science can describe the miracle in this way, but can never explain how it happened due to the great factors at hand. Let's talk about um, a physical healing that happened in my life. I was 17 at a youth conference in Kansas City, Missouri. A well-known pastor, John Bevere, was praying over us and healing after one of his servants. And from the stage, he kept listing off things like sores and mouse. He's praying over these things, cancer. And he also said backs. And in fact, I had been struggling with scoliosis ever since a young age, which doctors believe I got from my father, who still currently has it. Scoliosis, for those who don't, do not know, is a deformity in the spinal cord. My deformity, uh, along with my dad's, is a reverse S-curve. So picture an S and flip it backwards. And that uh, it that's the curvature of my back. Basically, my back was not straight and unnaturally curved. This caused daily back pain, even without doing any physical exercise. This limited what I could do and for how long. Along with the pain... Uh, came my hip being misaligned to compensate for the bends I had uh, the right side of my hip to compensate for the weight and everything of my back relying on it uh, was raised higher than my left side my right side was raised higher causing it to pinch against my sciatic nerve which caused even more pain the only way to correct it is through surgery and a long process of using back braces, years. But as soon as Pastor Bevere prayed over backs, I had this vision of two bright, translucent hands running up my spine and straightening it. It was like the hands of God literally taking my back in his hands. And uh, I felt my muscles move and contort as I grew taller and adjusted to my new heights. My hip leveled out and all pain in my back ceased. It was so bizarre. I mean, in an instant, I grew, what, maybe two inches, three inches taller. My muscles were all rearranged and had to adjust to all of it. It was crazy. After this, um, I was, I mean, I was healed in an instant. So after this, I went back to the hotel to see if my roommates could see the curves in my back, but there were there were none. As they saw, and it was completely straight. And my my curves they kind of got worse over time before this. So as I grew and had a lot more growth spurts, my curves would also uh, kind of I don't, don't want to say grow in a way, but they got worse. The degrees of them got worse. And so you can sort of see the curve in my back, and I could also feel it, which after this, I, I was completely straight. I, was, um, I mean, I've had no pain since, and when I returned from my trip, I was even taller than my dad. I mean, I wasn't the only one healed either. It was one of the craziest things. 
Dozens of people came forward talking about how they've been healed. Things like painful sores in their mouths, disappearing, injuries, etc. Some of those people were just sleeping down the hall from where I was. So that night we were just kind of going room to room like, hey, what happened to you? And just talking. I mean, it was one of the greatest moves of God and the Holy Spirit I've ever seen. Now, here's the kicker. The miracles that have happened in my life or in the lives of Joshua and the Bible cannot be explained or debunked. I mean, if you can't explain something, how do you expect to disprove it? My brother prayed for a man on a mission trip who traveled with crutches and couldn't walk. That man, after several prayers, picked up his crutches and walked away with them. I mean, since these things are just unexplainable, I, I mean, I and the Bible are either lying to you or there is actually a higher power with the capability and mercy to help us humans in this way. You choose. It's a lie or it's all true. That's where it boils down to. Science can't give you an answer. Science can't explain it. Nothing in this world can give you satisfaction to what this bizarre thing is. So it's either I'm lying to you or I'm telling the truth. And there's so much more. Out. Even I even I don't know um, the extent of what God is and what he can do. I'm, I mean, a man was crucified and rose from the grave 2,021 years ago. If we count time by him, Jesus, doesn't that make you think he did something amazing? Jesus was also recorded in several Roman texts, not just the Bible. He has been proven as a person who existed. So he's either a liar, lunatic, or the son of God. Though I doubt he was two of those things based on the impact of history and time that he had. One thing that amazes me about the human conscience, it is so finely tuned and we can't really explain it, but we can tell when we can tell when something's off. You know, we walk into a room and our conscience can switch in an instant. It can, uh, we can look at someone and get an eerie feeling about them. We can tell if someone's lying or truthful by their just the way they look. Our conscience is very keen into those things. But the beautiful thing and amazing thing about the human conscience is you believe every word that I'm telling to you, these, these words of, uh, from scripture, the God himself, your conscience believes them, even though if you don't think about that. Now there's this conviction that may rise up inside of you that says, Hey, this is true. That conviction will rise up inside of you and you get that kind of weird feeling in your chest or your, your stomach and be like, hey, this, this is not what I believe in, but that something deep inside of me is telling me that it is so. 
You can suppress that conviction over the years, but it's still there nonetheless. Your conscience is still there, even though you can try to push it down and suppress it by your own, uh, the way you think the world is. And I'm not trying to condemn anyone here, but I'm trying to bring to light what that is, what that conviction is, what your conscience is trying to tell you. Because human conscience will tell you these things are so. And that's what that conviction is. I hope this informs you on miracles and helps you decide your case, the case science versus God, a case that's been going on for thousands and thousands of years. And some see says there is a victor. Some have totally different other opinions. That's for you to decide. <laughs>